Welcome to the December episode of the CEO Podcast with Washington Hospitality Association President and CEO Anthony Antone. This month, Anthony sits down with Julia Gorton, Director of State Government Affairs with the Washington Hospitality Association. The two talk about the recent election in Washington State and the upcoming 2023 legislative session. Check the description for links to the web pages we mentioned in this show. If you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at wahospitality.org. Thank you to our sponsor, HR Solutions. And now, here's Anthony. Ho, 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 ho! Happy hospitality time frame. Happy holidays. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and I'm so excited for this holiday season. I feel it's our first real one since the start of, well, since 2019. So I'm hoping everybody is seeing Christmas parties back, people out, reservations going, full restaurants, and hopefully people are booking their time in near downtown shopping locations to get their Christmas holiday and in. So I'm hoping this is just a wonderful holiday season for all of you. Welcome to the December CEO podcast. Let me get you up, up to date on a couple of other things in our four pillars. What are our four pillars? Well, reminder, on our best days, we hope to deliver four areas of value for you. We hope to protect and enhance your business through great government affairs work. We hope to help our team members su- succeed through our education foundation. We hope to be your primary source of information, and we hope to provide an ROI through great group programs. For our December update, let me start with that last one. The BizDev team is proud to announce a new program for hotel buildings to help them comply with the state's clean buildings performance standards. So our new Clean Buildings Concierge program will provide a complementary Energy Star benchmark to understand your current energy usage, avoid penalties with an energy scoping assessment, and earn incentives as an early adopter. So we're really excited to offer this program. It's one of the ways we can help you get ahead of where the government's at and stay in compliance. If you have any questions about that, you can click on the link under the podcast notes to learn more. Under our primary source of information, one of the many reasons you all join is to get your free labor poster for us each year. That includes both all the state and federal requirements. They're available now and you should be getting a copy of it soon. Remember from us, it's free for your location. And if you need more, you can get additional posters at an $8 cost. So if you want to learn more about having seen my labor poster and I need to get a copy of it, again, look under podcast notes. Or you could always just email us and we'll send you the links directly. Lisa, where can they email us for any questions on this podcast? Podcast at wahospitality.org. Podcast at wahospitality.org. Hopefully that's coming one of your favorite places to email so you can get all this great information and keep you in the know. You know, and and, and another thing that probably fits under the Education Foundation is last month we had our first conference and this is our first hospitality conference since before COVID. This is the first one, as all of you remember, we combined with WSU. And I got to say, the team that worked on that, it really was a home run. The conference sold out. We were really honored to provide uh, the Burton Shaw Award, which is the Lifetime Achievement Award, to Bud Gould and from Anthony's Homeport and Frank Welton from Hilton International. And then just the third time ever, an Allied Hall of Fame uh, Award winner and Randy Irvine from 
Harbor and then before Harbor with FSA. So the WSU engagement was fantastic. The professors led the different rooms and the dialogues and the conversations. We raised a good deal of money for the hospitality program at WSU to hopefully provide many of you leaders in the future. I really felt that that was a, a positive step forward, and I'm looking forward to next year's conference as we continue to try to build that bridge. A great program at WSU and our industry and great hospitality family that, that occurs through the conference. So kudos to all of you who attended. Thank you very much. It was great to see you there. For those of you who missed it, watch for next year's date. It really was a special event. And lastly, and this will feed right into our guest today, we've got hill climb coming up. And this will be our the second year of our virtual hill climb on Monday, where we'll give you a full briefing. And then our GA team will be having meetings during the week with different key members of the legislature. Hopefully you're on Government Affairs Committee, but if you're not, any participating member can be. And then once you're on Government Affairs, we can get you connected to get involved in hill climb. So again, how do you get involved? How do you make your voice count? Email us at podcast at whyhospitality.org and we will get you connected. So there is our quick update on news from the prior month and leading us into a great new year. With that, I'm really excited to introduce our next guest. Julia Gordon is our Senior Director of Government Affairs in charge of all of our state government affairs programs. She will be giving us an update on how the elections went, what that means for your business, and a preview of the legislative session right after this break from our sponsor. Time is something members wish they had more of. Increasing efficiency and getting time back in your day can make a big difference. Payroll services from a third party can help simplify payment processing such as payroll taxes, calculating wages, collecting wage and time information, and mailing employee tax information. Click the link in the description to find more information about HR solutions. Well, welcome back from, from break. Like I said, I'm really excited to have Julia Gordon here with us. The industry, I don't think we'll ever know how blessed we are, Julia, to have you leading our government affairs efforts. I constantly hear from members of the Hill, from state agencies, from other people, just how good you and your team are and how tirelessly you work on behalf of the industry. So before we get into detail, I just want to lead off with a thank you for your constant hard work <laughs> to get hospitality industry protected and do what we can to enhance our business model. Yeah, of course. I mean, we learned it from you, so... <laughs> Well, I, I don't know about that, but Julia, you've been leading our government affairs team at the state level for, I want to say five years now. Is that what I feel right? Four years? Yeah, about that. So you've been through a few election cycles now, even before that. Give me a sense of how this election cycle went for it, just from the state legislative point of view. I think we've all heard national stories and national recounts, but I think most people outside of their specific local legislator don't know what happened in Olympia or what it'll do to Olympia. So what happened to our state legislature this past month? Yeah, sure. So uh, so first starting off before we headed into the election season, you know, Washington is a, a center left state, of course, probably all are aware of that. Uh, our legislature is split. We've got about, we have a, a house chamber that has about uh, 50 perhaps 42 Republicans. So there's a, a Democratic leadership margin of about eight seats. And then over in the Senate, we've got uh, about 20 
eight Democrats, 21 Republicans. So again, uh, a margin of about uh, four Democratic lawmakers kind of leading that chamber as well. Not right overwhelming margins there, one party control over the other. It's pretty close. And that's really where our industry does the best and kind of what we're aiming for when we head into elections is trying to get that gap um, as small as possible. That's really where, at least in our uh, opinion, the best decisions are made is when you've got folks working across the aisle to deliver policy solutions. So that's that's sort of our uh, intent as we head into election season. And we weren't you know, too far off from that either. This was also a midterm election, which traditionally favors the opposite party of whoever uh, holds the White House. So if there was nothing else going on in the world, we would have expected there to be a couple of Republican seat hiccups in a midterm election like this. And those margins would have closed a little bit to party control. Um, however, there was a lot of stuff going on on the federal level that uh, Washington voters certainly reacted to. There was pretty robust hearing around the January 6th insurrection. There also was a pretty controversial Supreme Court decision that is pretty out of line with where Washington voters traditionally are. Of course, taking into account there are certainly individuals who have differing, differing opinions on that issue, but I think overall as a voting block, it, it is not in alignment with where Washington voters are. So voters certainly reacted to what was happening at the federal level in the Supreme Court. We saw a departure from what typically happens in a midterm election wasn't too significant. I mean, we, we certainly followed what was happening federal level on the trends, but there was not anything too wild or surprising that happened uh, during the midterm elections. We saw each chamber of the House and the Senate increase their um, Democratic margins by one. Um, so now there will be margin of 29 Democrats, 20 Republicans in the Senate, and 58 Democrats in the House, and 41 Republicans in the House. So um, not a significant move or switch by either party uh, as we head into the, the next legislative session. Let me see if I can brass tax that to, to hear it clearly. Essentially, all the chaos in the press and everything else moving up to it. This could be a blue wave. Then the other things happened and this could be a red wave. And no one knows if, there's gonna, if they're just going to wave at each other. Um, <laughs> and the next thing you know, when it's all said and done, Democrats picked up one seat each in the House and the Senate, and that is where it landed. Correct. And that is absolutely an environment where our industry does very well. Um, and so we're not anticipating any more significant challenges. Um, we work really well with, with the previous legislature and anticipate working really well with this legislature as well. I also and, and, and in meaning working really well, what I heard you say is when majorities are close, mm -hmm. it's tend to when we can find long-term solutions. And these are relatively close majorities. Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. And I think it's also worth pointing out that while numbers didn't drastically change, certainly the House looks like it has gotten as a body a little bit more moderate. We had some retirements on both sides of the aisle there, and we've got a core group of lawmakers coming in that I think are really kind of in line with where our industry is, more moderate, more middle of the road. And I think that's going to be a lot more productive for just general discourse in the legislature.
they just had committee week this past week and you got to meet with a lot of legislators from the first time since then. What was their demeanor? Were they excited to get back to work? Were they running around angry at each other or, or angry at other parties? Or you think it's going to be a collaborative workable session? What was the mood as you met many of the legislators for the first time since the elections? Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that the majority of the legislature has not been in person ever. So we have a lot of folks wow. who are yeah, new learning the process. There's a lot of folks who just haven't been in the same room together. And while we certainly were able to work in a virtual environment, I, I think it was helpful for folks engaging in the democratic process. I, I certainly think that there is a lot better policy that is derived from folks being in the same room, talking with each other, sitting next to each other in committees. And so I think that is really exciting that there's we're going to be back in person. There will still be a virtual component of the legislature this session, but all lawmakers will be in person. And I think that's really helpful for driving policy solutions. During committee week, the sort of the, the vibe, if you will, was folks are just really happy to see each other. And I think that's certainly exciting for us. And that's and that's because for you and I know, because we live and breathe this and think about it all the time. But for those who are listening in, getting caught up, reminder, the legislature hasn't been in person since COVID. So we've gone now this, what, two, two or three sessions, two sessions without being in person. It also tells you how much the legislature turns over. I think a lot of people call for change, but the state legislature, because it's a volunteer group, it turns over quite a bit. Great that this many people will get to know each other and find out at the end of the day, we're just all from Washington and we generally want what's best from the community. We just have different points of view of how to get there. Is that a fair excitement to have? Yes, it is. Good, particularly with groups moving closer together, I think will be good. So now we have a legislature. I know, but I'm gonna act like I don't. How do you go about selecting the best agenda for the industry to move us forward now that we know the, the makeup of the legislature and where we can be the most effective? Well, I think at the end of the day, we still have to accomplish what we need to on, on behalf of our members. And so regardless of what the makeup of the legislature is, we still have our, our marching orders that, that we'll get from our members. Our government affairs committee will meet December 8th. So depending on when you're watching this, we may have formalized our uh, legislative agenda, but we we certainly know that there's a couple of things that our, our members are going to ask us to work on their behalf. The first is ensuring the alcohol to go privileges that were afforded to us during the pandemic are made permanent. That's been a helpful revenue stream for a lot of our members. and We want to continue that. We'll also need to work to fix the third party liability related to delivery there, we want to make sure that our members are protected when someone delivers on their behalf that that follows whoever is uh, is making those deliveries. Um, we also would like to increase our statewide tourism marketing budget. So we'll be working with coalition, coalition partners there as we're recovering from the pandemic, which we know is going to be a lengthy process for our industry, which was hit first and the worst. So having a, a strong tourism budget will help those businesses recover and also put us in line with our competitors, our states and territories around us. We're hearing loud and clear from a lot of our members that public safety is becoming the number one challenge in, on the road to recovery. Um, we know that this is going to be a significant piece the legislature is going to work on, so we'll engage there as well. 
let's talk a little bit more on a couple of those so people understand on, on the on the tourism side. What's the initial response to legislators and what will be the most the most important things for our members who are listening to this and they see their legislators come in over the holiday and they're talking to them about what's going on? What's the most important thing to convey about making sure the state's competitive on, on tourism? Sure. I think a lot of folks got to travel this year, got to get out and vacation with their families or even started traveling a little bit more for work purposes. And so folks see that happening in their in their local economies and local cities that there's tourism and travel picking back up. And folks might assume that we're back. We're back and better than ever. And so I think it's really important for our members to clearly articulate exactly what the impact through through the pandemic was, right? Having a couple of good summer months of tourism is not going to make up for for two years uh, of devastation. And so while uh, our industry tends to be, you know, really optimistic, we don't want to dwell on the negative things. It's not typically good for business, but it is important for lawmakers and, and um, you know, I guess informed guests to know that things are really tough and really difficult for us still. And we need to have more than just a few good months of travel. We need to continue that. We still have convention businesses is down significantly. So there's a lot of travel that still isn't happening that we need to start recruiting for. I couldn't agree more. And we know this, but sometimes when we know something so well, we forget the legislature and others don't. That convention business that is down anywhere from 30 to 65% takes years to rebuild. If we book something now, it's really going to impact 24 and 25 and we're so far behind. So getting what you know in your head as an operator and telling the legislator, here's the real world is helpful. So it supports Julia and her team when you get there. What should keep us up at night about things the legislature might propose or pursue that you're at this point preparing an active defense of? Sure. I think most fiscal analysts are, are predicting that there is a recession around the corner that will impact state revenues and our state budget. And so I think preparation for that will probably start this legislative session. Um, our, our legislature has to balance a four-year budget, not just a one-year or two-year. So they've got to take into account what is being projected and predicted three, four years down the road and then account for that. So I think it's really important for us to communicate what the impact of inflation has been on our businesses, right? I think it, it's been significant um, over the past year and a half, and that would be significant, right? Even if even if the pandemic had never happened, um, but particularly for majority of restaurants that didn't get federal relief, there's still 160 on average, 160 thousand dollars in new debt on top of inflation and costs rising, and so we have to be really strong on that message because there will be an attempt to um, just true up and, and uh, those state revenues uh, that they're anticipating a slight decline in. Uh, so we need to make sure that we're communicating the, the tough road that we have ahead and we'll be working to, to keep cost increases down. And that'll be a big part of our legislative agenda. If a lot of our operators who, who are, let's be honest, are extremely independent people, and often those, those people want to be involved in help, or they want to do something to, to have a little bit of their fate in their own hands, what's the best way that they can support you and your team for the, for the 120 days of session that you guys have to go through? We try to make it as easy as possible for folks to engage. 
we know that um, you're all busy running your businesses. So we try to do all the work for you. <laughs> Just takes a quick moment for, for you all to engage. We've got um, a really handy grassroots tool that allows you to communicate really quickly with your lawmaker. So we are tracking, we will be tracking thousands of bill introductions this year. We'll, we will monitor them through the process. Um, if you want to sign up for our uh, grassroots activation list, you can do that by texting the word SERVE to 52886 and sign up for our grassroots action alerts. You can also participate on our government affairs committee. Uh, that is where each week during the legislative session, we'll get together, we'll do a summary of the bills that we're tracking and following where they are in the process, we'll take positions, we'll update everyone on strategy, we'll get input and uh, just write, pay attention, read the emails that we send out and the, the texts that you get from us. And um, we've got a lot of things we're following and we'll let you know um, if we need your, your, to, you to lend your voice. Before the break, we, I, I mentioned Hill Climb very briefly. Um, this will be the second year of virtual Hill Climb and other activities. What's Hill Climb gonna be like this year? What are they gonna experience if people get involved? So I think it's going to be the third virtual hill climb that we've had. <laughs> so uh, unknown to us is what lawmakers are going to be um, in their office, uh, accepting meetings, uh, meetings with the public, and sort of what that dynamic is going to be like. So again, this year, we opted to have a virtual event. So we, again, will have a virtual sort of briefing session, if you will, where we will uh, talk a little bit about the issues the legislature is going to be working on, um, some talking points on, on the issues that our members have selected us to work on, and um, opportunity to, to ask questions if you attend that live. You'll also have the opportunity to download that sort of virtual briefing session if you're not able to attend live uh, and watch it at your convenience. And then what we'll do is schedule 15-minute meetings throughout the week. Um, so it should hopefully be really easy to, to join a meeting with your lawmaker and we'll get those all scheduled for you. You'll get a calendar invite, be able to participate in, in meetings, um, not just one-on-one. -on -one, so no need to, to feel intimidated with, with other, um, you know, restaurateurs and hoteliers from um, your same neighborhood. You'll be able to, to meet with them as well. And um, we're looking forward to, to that event. We, I think we had, very similar participation last year than we got, you know, having an in-person live event. So we're excited to grow it and provide the opportunity for more folks to participate given the, the virtual um, option. You know, uh, it was funny. I, I, we went back to the national conference when we have all the other associations there and, and they asked me, well, how do you decide who gets to be on your government affairs committee? Julia, <laughs> how do we decide who gets to be on our government affairs committee to set your agenda and to be your bosses for the next 120 days how who what's our, our yeah. really heavy filtering component to, to get our on gac yeah you just have to be a member what? <laughs> and that's it yep that is it any any member of the association can um, participate in our process can weigh in on positions uh we we really try to be very member driven on uh, the positions that we take and the, the issues that we engage in. So you just need to be a member. If you want to be a voting member of the Government Affairs Committee, all you need to do is participate in two of the previous four meetings. And um, that's that's it. No, no difficult process to get in. 
Well, then that sounds so easy because then your voice truly does matter. Julia, your government affairs chair are really people. It's like, well, what's it like being Julia's boss? And I always say, well, that's more of the chair's role. <laughs> who, who are your chairs and, 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 and who do they represent? Sure. So we've got three chairs of the Government Affairs Committee. We always have one representative from a full-service restaurant, a quick-service restaurant, and a hotelier. Uh, so this year's Government Affairs Committee chairs are Tiffany Turner with Adrift Hospitality. We have Steve Hooper with Ethan Stoll Hospitality. And then we have Jen Pickett with Wenspoke, which is a, a Wendy's franchisee um, in central and eastern Washington. God, that's really, those are dynamic people. But beyond that, you've got someone from the coast, someone from downtown Seattle, and someone from Eastern Washington. You've got three industries. Our industry just keeps producing dynamic woman leader after dynamic woman leader, and Tiffany and, and Jen are fabulous. And I know Steve Hooper will be doing everything he can to keep up with, uh, with really great leadership. Julie, I've been giving you a lot of credit, and that's earned, but you're not alone on the Hill. We have one of the larger teams in Olympia can you talk about the, the team that goes up with you arm in arm to make sure the industry is protected? We've got Samantha Lauterbach is our senior uh, senior manager of government affairs. And she just has a really talented mind when it comes to environmental um, packaging issues. And she's sort of our, our catch-all, if you will. <laughs> she's our shortstop. She gets, she gets it all done. She's fantastic. And then she's also joined by Riley Smith, who's our government affairs manager. Um, he's a new addition to the team and will be working on alcohol and workforce development issues. And then, of course, our grassroots coordinator, um, Dale Porter, also just joined us. So we're, we're really looking forward to expanding and growing our, our grassroots network. And then, of course, we're joined by three of the, the heaviest hitting contract lobbyists in the state. We've got um, Denny Eliason, Kim Clausen, and Trent House also rounding out our team. And just, it's really exciting to work on a team that is, is so talented and excited and driven. And we work all, we all work really well together. So, you know, it's one of my, my cool things. I want to brag on you for a second, Julia, you do such a great job of developing your team. And so uh, we hear Riley taking over the liquor issues and doing that stuff. And people may say, what happened to Katie Doyle? She's fantastic. And she went on to be the director of government affairs for another association. We have other past year team members under your leadership that have gone on to lead other government affairs teams or start successful contracting business. You do this great job of bringing people up and then they become hopefully allies for us elsewhere. Is that, is that, part, is that just the, the luck of the way it's gone or is that intentional in, in developing great team members? And then, you know, when they go elsewhere, we, we expand hopefully our family, our alumni association, if you will. Yeah, well, first of all, that is a terrific compliment. So thank you very much. It's absolutely a strategic part of what we do at the association is developing, identifying and developing talent and then help, helping them get where they're going. I think all of the folks that you referenced, we still work really closely with. And it not only you know helps support our members and in our industry, but it helps, I think, further a small business community in the state to have such a robust you know, former team that you still get to work with. Well, and that they leave and we're close friends with them and they're still families of ours. It's hospitality, right? You're always welcome back in the restaurant or the hotel. Well, uh, Julia, again, in mid-January, when you're frustrated and things are like chaotic out there, just know this industry loves and appreciates all the work you do. And uh, hopefully that gets you all the way through to the end of session. <laughs> 
And I hope you and your team have a great holiday and get rested and get ready for hopefully a very successful legislative session. Well, team, again, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm not just blowing smoke. Julia is, I can't tell you how many legislators, governor, staff, agencies come up and say, you've got one of the best in, in Julia Gordon working for your industry. And I agree with them. So really appreciate her taking the time today to get you up to speed on the election results and what we're facing in the upcoming session. And I hope you all have an incredible holiday. I hope it feels like 2019, that the tables are full, the rooms are full, and your joy cup is overflowing. So everyone have a great holiday and thanks for giving us the honor to serve you. Thanks for listening. Anthony will be back with the CEO podcast in January of 2023.